I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode of the podcast where we talk about taking your fantasy and making it into an action plan, making it into reality. I wanted to hop on quickly because we did have a couple of technical issues during the episode. There are a few times where the audio isn't so great, but the content of what we're sharing is so good and so important and you can totally understand enough of it that I'm going to go ahead and post it as is. I think you're going to get so much out of it. I think it's worth listening even though there's a little glitchiness to it. And so I really hope you enjoy this episode. Maybe you want to write a book, launch your tarot business, or even fall in love. You'll learn neuroscience techniques and sacred rituals from mental health professional Bryn Bamber. That's me. Everything you need to take that next step towards your purpose. Okay, welcome everyone. I am super excited to have a guest today. And Boris and I did our training in core energetics together and we became close during the training and we graduated a few years ago and we get to keep in touch and get to help each other out using our special core energetic skills. And we are going to run a workshop together, which I am really excited about. And we're going to tell you all the details about that at the end of the episode. So if you want to learn about how you can work with both of us together, it's going to be online. It'll be on Zoom in September. Make sure you listen all the way until the end. But before we go there, we want to talk to you about fantasy versus reality and how to start to take action towards your dream life or the goal that you have for yourself right now. But before we get into that, Boris, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about who you are, what your background is. Thanks, Bryn. It's exciting to be on your podcast. It's my first experience of it, so I'm super excited. And the subject is also very exciting to me as well. It's very much alive in my life, and I'll get into that shortly. But to tell you a little bit about who I am, so I'm, my name is Boris Yorganov, and I am, uh, I guess, how we start is uh, originally I was born in, in Belarus, uh, during former USSR, uh, Soviet Union. And I moved to the United States right at the time when the USSR broke apart. So I got to, to witness that transition and then the chaos that happened, and uh, I was very lucky uh, not to stay in that type of chaos. So I moved to the United States when I was nine years old with my whole family. And so I lived in Baltimore, Maryland for about 30 years. And then just recently, I moved to California, where I am right now. To tell you a little bit about who I am, well, my journey has taken me in many directions to kind of find out who I am. But some of the things I've done was martial arts was a big part of my life. Uh, growing up, I was very passionate about the, uh, the, skill, the fighting skill. And I was com- very competitive. So I competed in lots of tournaments and on a world-class level. And then uh, and when I was 18, my interest turned to dancing. So I did ballroom dancing. And so I, I did some competitions and different situations happen. I decided to go into physical therapy. So I did physical therapy for a number of years and basically eventually got into core energetics. And so that's where I met Bryn. And that's just a scratch on the surface. I mean, there's many things I can tell you, but that's kind of like the basis of it. Yeah. And just for anyone who's a new listener who hasn't maybe been listening to all the episodes, what's your just short definition of what core energetics is for folks that maybe haven't heard of it before? Sure. Sure. So so how I see it is how I view core energetics. 
it's a body-based psychology or body-based modality that utilizes the movement of energy through the body to charge or energize the body where emotions live and by doing so help push against the blocks that we all have uh, emotional blocks physical blocks and by doing so express the and, and unveil the history emotional history that we experienced uh, through our formative years or certain traumatic events that happened in our lives and cornergetics is basically energizing expressing releasing owning those energies those feelings yeah and bringing more consciousness to them yeah i love that and one of the ways you know i describe it is sometimes we know there's a change you want to make in your life maybe you want to make more money or maybe you want to speak up more at work you know voice your opinions and you know you want to make change but you find yourself in that meeting with your boss and not speaking up sometimes it's because these patterns of keeping yourself small for example maybe that was a pattern that kept you safe as a child they're stored in our bodies they're stored in our cells of literally with keeping yourself small i think about your shoulders going forward slightly you know just kind of caving in the chest and so in core energetics we're literally working with the impact on your body so that when you are in that situation where you want to speak up in a meeting you can actually do it because we've been working on it and maybe you've even practiced using your voice in the session so i'll just add that too yeah that's great that's actually very good because it puts it into perspective and practical application and that's what I feel like cornergetics is really good at is actually being very practical where you can utilize things in real life and keep moving forward yeah 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 so to dive a little bit deeper into our topic for today we're talking about fantasy versus action the difference between those things and how you can move from just living in fantasy land to taking those baby steps towards your dream or your goal, whatever you, you have. So Boris, I want to ask, like, where has this shown up in your life? And what has helped you move from a place of fantasy into a place of action? Because I know you've done that in a number of areas of your life. Yeah, sure. And before the call, I was really thinking about this. And so what came up for me is a fantasy feel like it's something that we use to, there's a purpose for it. So why children watch different, different cartoons and, and, and movies that are based on fantasy, right? And, and it's really important to understand the difference between certain things, for example, fantasy versus a dream. You know, when somebody has a dream of accomplishing something, that is very different than having a fantasy about being someone or experiencing a certain situation. So reflecting on my life and the role the fantasy had in my life is uh, I feel having difficult situations in life, a fantasy sometimes can help us step out of challenging moments. So for myself, the way I grew up, I was born into a family that experienced trauma. My father, he was already married at the time, and his wife recently passed and left behind three little boys. And there was a lot of trauma that was very fresh. My mother married my father shortly after to kind of support and, and uh, foster these, these children. And so when I was born, it was a very challenging environment. They were very stressed. My father still hasn't processed everything. These kids couldn't really understand what had happened it's only been maybe a year or so since their mom died and so even as a baby now like looking back and uh, investigating kind of like what happened I sense that even as a, as a baby you kind of feel that environment that energy field that, that is created and so growing up there was kind of unrest like my father would would get angry and and uh, lose his temper often uh, there were certain things uh, that was happening with my mother, my mother as well. So 
what I found myself doing is fantasizing quite a bit. And how it came out was, for example, if I went to, if uh, I had a chore to go to a store and, and pick up something, I would go to the store and I would imagine I was inside a movie. And I would walk and imagine that I was being like followed by someone or I was an action hero of some sort. And so I fantasized, uh, I created my own reality to escape the reality that was quite traumatic for me. And, mm. and so uh, that actually gave me quite a bit of relief and gave me a lot of fun to, to be with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, but then what happened was, uh, for me, what happened was I created this world of possibilities of the future. So I imagined that one day I would, and we were talking about America, moving to America, right? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of fantasy about even that process where, you know, right. streets are paved with gold. And as a, as a kid, uh, we're instantly going to get all the toys we want. And so my fantasy is about going to America and all my problems will be solved, you know? And so, and so having that, you know, as a, as an escape as well. And so moving to America, there was quite a big of reality check where, you know, streets were not paved in gold. My, you know, (laughs) my family was even more stressed than before learning a new language and, uh, you know, starting fresh. And so then I created a different fantasy for myself, a fantasy that lasted for a very, very long time. The fantasy was to be a movie star. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, a fantasy is something that gives you a promise. You know, it's something that promises that if you achieve this fantasy, a certain need is going to be met, something that's missing in your life. And so, uh, again, exploring this fantasy years, years later, and now I'm coming to this conclusion where the promise that it was given to me is that I will be loved. I'll be accepted, mm-hmm. I'll be supported, I'll be acknowledged. And most of all, for myself, is that I will be seen. And so this fantasy really gave me a look at all the things that I was missing as a child. The theme of fantasy you know, is quite common in our culture. For example, when we watch, you know, every little girl wants to be a princess and she wants to be, uh, she wants to be a prince. And so... There's a fantasy that, uh, you know, a knight on a, you know, on a shining armor on a white horse will come in, swoop her off her feet and take her away from all the terrible things in her life. And, and in a way, this is similar to escape certain unwanted feelings. How do you feel as you're talking about, like, I, about this? I sense a little emotion. I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing. Sure, but. sure, yeah. Well, as I'm, as I'm discussing this, I'm, I'm kind of going back in time to, to that place and sensing like the little boy in me and what he was going through, what I was going through the, during that time. And there's, there's a degree of sadness, I guess, uh, uh, with it as well, because in order for the fantasy to be so rich, the reality had to be pretty unbearable. Yeah. Um, it's almost like the the colors of the fantasy, the, the brighter the colors, the, the, the more in it I can be, embed myself, the, the more I can escape the reality of, of the situation where I was. Yeah, and so I, I feel like what's important to say here is that this was a survival strategy for you and for anyone listening who still does this or did it as a child, this was really important. It was really good that you had this tool. And I think we'll continue your story and we'll hear about how it impacts you as an adult and whether it's serving you now. But as a kid, you needed this. It was a good thing. It was the best thing you could possibly do for yourself in that painful situation where you weren't getting what you needed. Yeah, and and, you know, every, every trauma has a gift. Right. So, so everyone handles situations differently. So those stories that I created, they're the reason why I was so drawn into movies because movies right. is, a, is a way to, to tell stories. And so yeah. 
the ability to really embed yourself into an experience, like really be, become part of it, right? It's, it's quite a skill to have. It's quite of a, a gift to be able to do that because uh, not only are you able to experience other people's stories and really understand them, almost live them, you can also create your own story. So I feel like movies, for example, are a way that these talents can be brought up and that really help people in a lot of ways, like take them to places where they aren't necessarily able to go on their own. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that comes up for me when you say that is I've been learning about completing the stress cycle, which is something like we studied in core energetics. We talked about dissociation, grounding, but I've been learning this new terminology that's just so much more understandable to me and my clients and, you know, friends, everyone I talk to, where it talks about the stress cycle has a beginning, a middle and an end. And there's an external factor that starts the stress cycle. So maybe you get an unexpected uh, car repair, or maybe someone yells at you or whatever it might be that starts the stress cycle. Then you're in the middle. What completes the stress cycle? Because it's a hormonal response, it's a physical body response, is something internal. It's not like someone, your mom lending you the money for the car repair or the person saying, oh, I was wrong to be mad at you. <laughs> sometimes that can help complete the stress cycle, but sometimes it doesn't, right? I think we all have experiences where it's like, you think I'll feel better when this happens and then you get there and you don't feel any better. It's because it's a body response. And there's a lot of things you can do to complete the stress cycle. But one of the things I learned that was really interesting to me and has given me this new perspective is that story whether it's reading a book or watching a movie or watching a TV show, we actually mirror the emotions of the character. And so the reason why watching a movie, especially a movie that has some sort of a happy ending, quote unquote, happy ending feels so good is because you actually are completing your own stress cycle because you go on the journey with the main character usually, and then there's some sort of resolution. And so you feel better. That's why sometimes we hate it when there's a movie that doesn't have a clear ending or a clear resolution, because it doesn't feel good to us. We're left emotionally, you know, with the stress cycle potentially still open, not, not completed. But yeah, that just came to my mind when you're talking about, you know, the gift of movies, because I think I was raised and maybe you were raised in a different way, but I was raised that like TV rots your brain, movies are kind of bad, you're lazy if you watch a lot of movies. And I'm starting to realize like, no, they, I mean, yes, when I binge eight hours of Scandal, which I have done, that is me numbing the fuck out, right? Like that is, because that for sure. me, that show has all like guns and murders and stuff it's not regulating usually right. it's not a happy ending it's like a cliffhanger ending. <laughs> and so that's not a, a regulating show for me uh, you know I, I don't know what works for other people but certain shows can be really regulating and healing for me and sometimes the best medicine is a good movie or I got into David Attenborough documentaries, his voice is soothing for me, for my nervous mm -hmm. system. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching a lot of the voice right now. So just like to realize that, that these can be a positive, they can be, you know, it can be negative to watch a ton of TV, but it can actually be positive and healing too. Right. It's like a tool, like any other, it can be, you know, used to, as a positive thing, or it can be an addictive type of scenario and you know as you as you're sharing this brings up this uh, the point of using movies to access certain parts of yourself that you might be you know suppressing you know yeah. so for, for example uh, a person who has grown up with not allowing themselves to really be angry right because uh, anger was right. a was a very you know unwanted 
feeling and, and uh, that the family was staying away from anger was judgmental of anger. So watching a show or a movie where there's a lot of anger or a lot of aggression will bring up feelings inside of a person. And because it's a safe space, you can play around with it, you know, go places where you weren't allowed to go. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think they can be medicine for us. I've had people that I've known, like, get obsessed with keeping up with the Kardashian because they're mothers and they're businesswomen and they don't take no shit. And, you know, just to take in that medicine of it's okay to to be a mother and to make money and to be unapologetically yourself, you know? So just like depending on where you're at to, if you're super drawn to a certain show to try and it, you feel good, like you can tell because you feel good when you're done watching it. You don't feel like when I was watching all that scandal, I just felt like worse at the end, right? Like I knew it wasn't sure. good for me. But there's if there's a show or a movie that you're drawn to and you feel good at the end, that can be regulating. That can, you know, it's funny to bring it back to our theme of fantasy versus action. Sometimes just filling yourself up with some show is gonna fuel your action. When we're saying fantasy versus action, we're not saying you lazy piece of crap, get off the couch take more action because that doesn't always get us towards our dream if we're taking frantic action in particular versus like resourcing yourself watching a movie that's inspiring and then taking an inspired action because you just had this idea from watching the movie exactly so it's using it as motivation and inspiration like you said and that's uh, kind of like what happened with martial arts with for me. So in our family, movies was uh, a way to escape our crazy stress. So it's like something we really did together. So at eight o'clock every night, my family would get together and turn on a movie and we would share this time together because, uh, no, you know, nobody was was arguing with with anyone. Mm. There was no fighting. There was no stress. For the first time during the day, or the only time, it's kind of this unspoken agreement that it's, a, you know, it's like going to church in a way. It's like we're, we're, <laughs> we're sitting down before bed and we're really enjoying something together as a group, something we really shared. And so one of the first movies that, that I remember was, uh, was a movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, you know, Lionheart. And, uh, and there was a movie, it was a scene where he's, uh, he's fighting this uh, opponent the, at the end of the movie. And, you know, he's overcoming this obstacle. And I saw it at six years old and I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I was super inspired <laughs> by it. I saw it and I was like, I want to fight like this and I want to be in movies. I remember I was six years old. And if it wasn't for that movie, I probably wouldn't be where I am today, where I'm in California pursuing an acting career. Right, that I've uh, you know I've competed in tournaments and and uh, received world class titles, and so you know to the subject of fantasy versus action, it's like fantasy. Uh, what I found, it's a safe place. It's a place where we can go to escape, as I mentioned before, but we don't really need to take action in order to feel good. So it, it can become kind of like a, an addictive pattern. So for example. You know, I would, I would go to work. I would do something that I didn't really enjoy. But I would imagine that one day something magical will happen and I will end up in Hollywood and I will be recognized and I will be accepted and I, and I will be this amazing actor. Yet I noticed that year after year after year, I wasn't really there. I was still at that job that was there uh, supposedly to get me to that next place. But I was never taking that action. And, and so, so there's, there's many reasons, like, because I, I've really took, taken the time to dissect this because I was looking at it. And I'm like, okay, so, so I, when I was hired to do physical therapy, I told the boss who hired me, I said, I want to be an actor and I want this job to help me get there. 
because uh, I don't want to wait tables. I want to have something solid. The physical therapist, the owner of the clinic, he said, he says, yeah, it was, it was like, he even put my picture on the wall of the clinic where I was doing a, a karate kick and I signed, I autographed <laughs> it and he put it on the wall there. So he's very supportive. Uh, it was uh, during a, sh- uh, a short movie that, that I did. So, and, and so after a while, I felt like I was uh, deluding myself, deceiving myself and also deceiving other people because I was telling them I'm going to be the sector, but I'm not doing it. And so, so, so the, so, so staying in fantasy was safe, but it wasn't really going anywhere. And this is when I, what I mean when I say there's a difference between a dream and a fantasy. Fantasy is when we create something in our, construct something in our mind, something that potentially might happen, like Prince Charming might come to save us, or, or I will be discovered and I'll be a movie star overnight. Versus a dream, which, which is something that is like, okay, I know where I am now. So it's, it's more based in reality. I know where I want to go. And I'm taking some actions in order to get there. So, so there's a transition of uh, acknowledging that you're in fantasy, or at least that's what I had to do, and then mm-hmm. move it into more realistic situation scenario where it now becomes a, an actionable dream, that direction that I'm pursuing. So I'm pursuing a dream, but I'm actually taking steps towards it. So what do you think was keeping you in fantasy? Those years when you're telling people about it, you're talking about it, but you weren't taking action. What was keeping you there? Sure. So I was invested in in the fantasy, right? Because uh, there's there's numerous things. But one thing that that really came up and really made me think about it and, and start changing things was the fact that if I took action, if I decided to do the things actually what I'm doing today by being in acting school, uh, pursuing this career, if it didn't work, the fantasy would collapse. It was more important for me to hold on to the fantasy than to take a risk of it actually not working and, and, and uh, it no longer having fantasy. The pain to deal with that seemed to great. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Like, even just on a micro level, in some ways, this might seem weird, but if I have a week where I have a lot of clients reach out to work with me, like new clients, I feel worse because I'm like, what if they don't work with me? It's almost like, what if I talk to them and, and we connect and I make a mistake in our conversation and I am a failure, like I can fail. When I have no potential clients, <laughs> new, new potential new clients, I can't fail that week. It feels safer versus even though I do have, you know, a dream and a goal of growing my practice at this point, it feels safer on the weeks when there's no <laughs> action really happening versus on the weeks when there is a bunch of potential. So I, I can relate to it. And I hope everyone listening, like maybe think about, is there an area in your life where, yeah, you, you might lose the fantasy, which ultimately you kind of do, right? Like, I think we're going to get there in, in your story, but our, in our fantasy, and I know you keep talking about Prince Charming and, you know, (laughs) as someone who's like, I'm like pansexual, I'm attracted to women, but I was like fed this fucking prince, like being socialized as a woman, I was fed the Prince Charming story. So I didn't realize I was attracted to women until I was probably in my twenties really, because I was just like, oh yeah, Prince Charming, like, it's like a brainwashing we get. (laughs) And, And I hope it's, I hope it's changing. I know it's changing incrementally, but yeah, there, there's a little trigger for me when you use that example, because I'm like, oh, fuck that. Fuck that I fucking see. story. Because it also told me not to make any money, right? Like, it's been a huge block for me. It's like, you marry somebody and they pay for you. And all you have to do is you have to look beautiful and be charming. Right, get married right. You shouldn't even want money, was like what I was told growing up. It's like, yeah. I should just look pretty. So <laughs> there's a lot 
in that particular fantasy, which, which I did have for a long time. And then I had to fucking burn it to the ground. Cause it's like, that was not a fantasy that was serving me. I realized as I grew older. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and that's the thing with fantasy. It's in my, uh, you know, core practice, core energetics practice. And in my life, my focus is really looking at how I give away my power. Where is my power in relationship to, to my life and other people? And, uh, and this is kind of what you're saying is like, what happens is when a fantasy gets imposed onto you, now you give your power away to this hypothetical event or hypothetical scenario, where in order for you to get what you need, this specific thing must happen. Right. So, th- so then you lose your sense of individuality, like, like in your case, this imposition of the Prince Charming scenario, where now you're reliant on this, so you're giving your power away to this, this scenario that's hypothetical, that's really not based on anything that com- is coming directly from you. you know? There might be a longing that's resonating, right? The longing to be with someone who you can really connect with on a deeper level, but ultimately it's taking something away from you. It's, a, it's like a child. When, when looking at fantasies, uh, it's, for me, it's important to understand that I'm dealing with a really young part of myself. You know, right. it's, a, it's a, a really, you know, you're, when, a, when a little baby looks at its mother, it fantasizes about her being the most beautiful woman and, and the, the center of love and affection, right? So, so there's a, when a little girl looks up at her dad and he's the biggest and the strongest, Right. So, so, so she fantasizes about him, you know, being this protector and, and then there comes a time in a healthy progression where the fantasy ultimately gets challenged, confronted, I would say by life, by reality. And it's a healthy process to, for the fantasy to collapse and for a child to go through this kind of grieving period. Right. So that, uh, you know, Maybe the father has, you know, flaws. He's not the strongest and he's not the, the, the great protector. And, and uh, you know, maybe he's, uh, you know, has a lot of fear. Maybe he's, you know, he's got a drinking problem or maybe he's, he's got an anger problem or maybe, you know, he, he had an affair, <laughs> right? And, and so the fantasy collapses and, and you deal with reality. And that's a, that's a healthy process of growing up, I feel like. But it just depends on how well you're prepared to, to face that reality right and how old you are right and like, how old you are very yeah. different if something happens when you're five versus 16 or 21 right like if mm-hmm. there's going to be a bigger impact when you're younger and there's a there's a breaking apart of that fantasy but Okay, we could talk about this forever, but yeah. we, ha- we don't have unlimited time. So I want to kind of get to the sure. to conclude your story, which, yeah. so my next question is, what helped you to break into action? So how many years, maybe just give people context, how many years would you sure. say you were in the fantasy period? And then what helped you to break into, you know, moving to mm-hmm. California and like wholeheartedly pursuing? Sure history absolutely so the fantasy started i guess when i was around six years old maybe seven that's when i started imagining myself being a movie star and it was a really i feel like a really healthy thing mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because it gave me direction i wanted to be you know i didn't understand why exactly and it took many years to get to my why which is another important aspect of taking action is really understanding why you want what you want Right. And that didn't happen for me until very recently, which mm-hmm. actually was one of the biggest uh, motivators to take action. But when I was uh, 18, it was the first time when I confronted uh, the fantasy and I said, okay, well, I'm out of excuses. I graduated from high school, right? I, like, I, I don't want to be, you know, an engineer or something. I want to be, I want to do this. And so I went into this uh, acting slash modeling school for, for six months I paid for it <laughs> and it, it had some acting classes uh, and uh, I actually went to this agency that sent me to these ridiculous 
places like hand modeling places and it's uh, really really small production movies that made really little sense like it was it was, it was ridiculous but it was it was like the first step right it was like the infancy of me taking action it was uh whatever resources i could when then then again um that that my my ability to take action kind of win the for a bit till about seven years later when i was about 25 maybe 24 a friend of ours he was shooting uh, should be part of that project so we shot a couple of short films and it was part of the fantasy right as well because uh there was really little risk we were just kind of playing around mm. but that, that gave that actually led me actually even before that i landed a small role on an hbo show of the fantasy where i was on a on a production of great to feed that fantasy and bring it into reality but then again windled off for another 10 years or so until recently when again i ran out of excuses like this is this is the thing with fantasy is that i noticed i had one excuse after another excuse after another mm. excuse as I'm going to get the degree in physical therapy because then I can support myself doing this fantasy. Right. But then I get into physical therapy. There's no time to do follow the, follow the acting career. <laughs> so then, then uh, you make another excuse. And then, and then ultimately, you know, I'm 38 years old and I, the fantasy has to collapse. Otherwise, there's, you know, I cannot lie to myself any longer, which is where I'm going with this. So. So then it's really important to have support doing this process. It's like really understanding that you need people in your life that will support you, that will not judge you. And I was lucky enough to have a, a woman in my life who is from California. And when we got together, she really listened to me. And she said, well, it's now or never, let's do it. And that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. I, need, I just needed someone to just kind of give me permission or make, give me a little bit of that support, a little, a little motivation. And here we are Been in California for, for four months now. And uh, I'm in acting class and I love it. It's like, it's, it brings its challenges because now I'm basically deconstructing the life that I built to avoid taking action. So that there's a whole process of, of deconstructing that and, and really standing firm and, and actionable you know, steps that you can do in order to make that fantasy and actually lived reality, which is very different from, from fantasy. It's actually better. I'll tell you, right. It's, 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 it's much better in many, many ways. Right. And it's imperfect. Like it's, there, there is a breakdown of the, when I think about my, you know, brainwashing Prince Charming thing, it's like, yeah, I got to take care of myself. Like that was the, the fantasy was that someone would take care of my financial needs, my emotional needs, everything. And the reality is that's not the kind of relationship I want. I, I don't want to be a dependent, you know, like I want to, I want to have my own life and have friends and not have everything put on this one person but there's a you know there's still a part of my inner child that is kind of like why won't someone just take care of me it comes up less and less as I get better at taking care of myself but there is a pain of letting that go even though it's true I agree the reality is that like I'm so much happier I'm so much more empowered I feel like so much more agency I'm in a happy and healthy relationship. And also I know if for whatever reason that relationship ends, I'm not going to die. Like if there's a lot of freedom that comes having let that go. Yeah, exactly. Like what I've witnessed in your life, you're able to, you know, know what you want, take certain steps, accomplish that desire. Right. And it's like you said, it's not perfect. Uh, you learn along the way. Maybe you realize that that's not what I wanted. Right. So, so you, you actually get more clear on what you want. And once you accomplish it, you believe in yourself. I can do this and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not reliant on some hypothetical 
that never happens. I can actually do this. And if it's not what I want, I can change it and get something better. Right. And so it is a very empowering process to move from fantasy into action. And it's, it's almost like this evolution of fantasy is something we need or we might've needed at some point to survive. But then once we are adults and uh, we, you know, it's an important evolution to let go of the fantasy, to maybe read the laws, face reality, maybe go through a challenging period where we're faced with, with uh, you know, how things really are and adjust to them, but then become our own hero in, in the journey. Why we want those things and essentially getting to that end result and feeling really empowered. And then from that place, we can share a story and maybe inspire another person and yeah. motivate them so then they can go through their own journey. Yeah. And one of the things that I've, well, there's a couple of things. It's like, okay, there's a difference between inspired in action and frantic action. Because when I think about, you know, my romantic goals and also my, you know, my career goals, I've taken a lot of frantic action. I wasn't really an avoider. It sounds like you were more like a, an avoider. And I was more like a frantic mm-hmm. yeah. spinner of like, you know, going on dates or being on the online dating programs, but kind of frantically going through and trying to find the perfect person. And yeah, even with, you know, building my business, taking a lot of like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do this as opposed mm-hmm. to, okay, mm-hmm. what does my heart say and what would be fun and what's going to help the people in the community I want to work with. So the inspired action versus the frantic action. And yeah, I guess the other thing is like, when you get into reality, when you get into action taking, real action taking, there's a lot of failure that happens. Like you have to be willing to go on dates and they don't work out. (laughs) It's not the person or yeah, yeah, you have to be willing to, you know, in building my business, write a social media post and have nobody like it or only one person like it or nobody comment or whatever. So yeah, because I I think in the fantasy world, it's like, yeah, you just bump into the love of your life in a coffee shop, which is what we see in movies often, at least like romantic comedies. But when you move into the reality, it's not taking a ton of frantic action, but there's a difference between researching auditions and going to an audition. There's a difference between reading books and taking a ton of courses on selling your service versus, you know, going to a networking event and saying, hey, I might be able to help you. This is what I do. So, yeah, I feel like there's so much to dig into. If you could give, before we get into the details of the workshop, if you could give folks like one thing that they could implement today to move towards their dream, what would be kind of Mm -hmm. like one, maybe small step that they could take? Sure. Of course. The first thing I would say is it's important to allow yourself to really enjoy the fantasy. Like, like there's a way that we don't own it, right? There's Mm. a way that we hide it. Sometimes there may be shame attached to it. And so, so the, the first thing is to really embrace it, like really embrace your fantasy, like really allow yourself to feel the pleasure of it, the, the role it plays in your life and really enjoy it. You know, that's the first step I would say, because it, it is giving you that promise, that potential. So, so it's really important to do that. And then really the question, like, what is that promise that you want? What is that promise that your fantasy has given you? Right. Whether it's a career choice or a relationship, what, you know, if you meet someone and all of a sudden you, you get really excited and your fantasy starts kicking in that together mm-hmm. everything's going to be great, right? you get curious about that. What is that unspoken promise that person's giving you or that situation or that career is giving you? Start engaging in your fantasy in a more conscious way so you can start understanding the role it's playing for you 
instead of being in the background, you can be more dynamically interactive with it. And then ultimately, the first actionable step that you can, you can take is start exploring, right? How can I challenge this fantasy? So for me, for example, it was to fly to California and to walk up to the acting studio and to place my hand on the door to know that it exists, that I can actually get there and I can actually go to the school, even though it was uh, in the middle of pandemic and it was closed, but I mm-hmm. walked up to the door and I touched it and something in my brain shifted. <laughs> it told my brain that it's not up in the clouds. There's a part of it that's actually here. So if there's something you can do to prove to yourself, you know, if it's a place you've always wanted to go or something that you can prove to yourself that it's actually real. Talk yeah, to that and person you, and, you know, make that connection. Yeah, like you invested, like that costs money. I feel like there has, like yes. when we're fully in fantasy, it's like you're just at home and you Google the studio, right? And you're like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to go there? Maybe I'll go there. Maybe I'll be a star mm-hmm. student. But yeah, there's something about investing like time, plane ticket, everything and to creating it into a reality. There's something on the line, whether it's going on a date and you're kind of your there's an emotional, you know, like your emotions (laughs) are on the line because you have to talk to someone and see if you like them and if they like you and, you know, or investing in going to the acting school or investing in going to, you know, actually paying for the classes in the acting school, those types of things can really start to get traction on your dream. So if what we're talking about resonates with you, with everyone listening, one baby step you could take to get some traction on your dream, if it feels right to you, is you could invest in our workshop and come to our workshop where we're going to be applying what we've been talking about today exactly to your dream, whatever dream you have. And we have exercises that are gonna help you see what, where you might be stuck, what might be holding you back and what can help you to break free. So we're running the workshop. It's going to happen the September after Labor Day. It's on a Saturday. It's 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 11 11. Pacific Time. Yeah, so it's on September 11th. September 11th. The Saturday after the long weekend. And one of the things that is going to be amazing is I think the things that hold us back are universal. And you were talking earlier about there can be shame and having the fantasy and maybe not having, you know, being whatever age you are and not having realized it or not having taken those steps. And there's something deeply healing to be we're, we're it's going to be on zoom, but we'll put you in breakout rooms. We'll put you in small groups so you can share. And there's something deeply healing to, to realize, Oh, I'm not the only one. And, and wherever you are, you might've even taken a bunch of action towards your fantasy, but you want to take it to the, to the next level. You want to uncover the next level of blocks. So whether you're just beginning or you're kind of midway towards creating your dream into reality, this this is going to work for you. The exercises we have are going to work for you. Boris, what do you want to say about the workshop? Yeah, it's what I find uh, that might be most valuable is that this workshop will help you kind of understand more of who you are, have a better mm-hmm. understanding of how you interact with these fantasies, like how you specifically engage in them and bringing more consciousness to it, bringing more dynamics, relationship to it, and helping you really bring the tools that took you into fantasy and then using these tools, grounding them and individually moving you forward towards your goals. So I think this this workshop is a, is a really good way to um, speed up that process that took 
many, many years of, of just stumbling and, and running into obstacles and going through these different trainings uh, that help you really understand yourself. This is a concentrated space where you can share your fantasies. Uh, like Bryn says, it's a, it's a very powerful process of really grounding, getting the tools, understanding where you are, understanding your fantasy in a more deeper way, and then uh, moving towards some actionable ways of, of starting to shift towards some sort of uh, results in your real life. Yeah, you'll walk away from the workshop with a, with at least one, maybe multiple like baby steps that you can actually take to keep yeah. propelling yourself towards this goal. Okay. Mm. I hope you all come. I mean, if you obviously have to feel right with your intuition, but everyone listening, yeah, I invite you to tune into your intuition and see if this is the next right move for you. We're going to have fun. There's probably going to be some other feelings that come up too. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it's going to be all fun, but I think it'll be a really positive healing experience for folks and also yeah is going to help you make your dream a reality so thank you boris so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story i'll put boris's information and links in the show notes i'll also put the eventbrite link where you can register for the workshop in the show notes and we're doing a special promotion that if you come, you can bring a friend for free. So you can either, you know, split the cost or, yep. you know, give a gift to a friend if the cost isn't a, an issue for you. So we're super excited about that. So all the details will be in the show notes and we can't wait to have you there. Anything else you want to say before we sign off for us? Just, you know, thank you for the opportunity to share this with you guys and, and for Brent for bringing me here to the space. It's, it was super fun. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in the future. Okay, thanks everyone. Have a good week. Uh, next podcast episode will be out yeah. in two weeks. Okay, <laughs> bye. If you've resonated with this episode, I want to offer you a free private one-hour consultation with me. Through doing the deep inner work, my clients have been able to do things like quit the job they hate and land a job they love, or get their first paying clients in their dream business, and if they're a little bit further down the road, double their revenue. They've been able to fall in love and go to bed each night feeling satisfied and accomplished. In the consultation, we'll talk about what your dream looks like, what's getting in the way, and whether working together can help. Email me at brin at brinbamber.com to book.